Ain't in a hurry. Got some place to go. Got some place to be. You got a marathon you're going to knock off this afternoon? Anyway, I need to keep the earpiece in so I hear the surf music letting me know that we're coming back. Because you never know what we might be doing during the break. The uh, Toronto Blue Jays have signed a three of their draft picks, according to Jim Callis. Ben got, Barrera I... getting $3.597 million. He's their first-rounder pitcher, Oof. which is uh, a 500 and change over slot value. Uh, Josh Kasevich signed for $1 million. He's from uh, Oregon. He's a shortstop. Uh, high OBP guy. He signed for what did I say? One million. The value, and I, keep in mind that uh, players are assigned. Baseball assigns values for each slot that a player's picked in, and uh, he signed for uh, two hundred thousand mm. less than what the sixtieth pick would get. Mm. Third rounder Alan Roden signed for four hundred ninety-seven thousand five hundred. The slot value was six hundred twenty-three thousand five hundred. The Jays are making progress. Actually, have they signed? Do we know for sure they've signed Tucker Toman, who was their second pick overall, to a huge contract over value? Um, he was a he was a switch hitting high school. Yeah, they player. seem to like him. Yeah, a lot of people liked him. So, uh, anyhow, that takes care got, of that. Got, Jeff Passan at eleven ten. I got drafted the wrong time. Oh boy. Yeah. Whoo wee! Well, that's some serious money. That's taking a little pressure off you. Think so? Doesn't put oh, pressure on man, you. Are you kidding me? Put pressure on you. Not man. the player. If I'd have signed for that, me, the, my my first day in Ogden would have been yeah, a little, okay, that's been true, a little yeah. easier. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You I, be... sure, I sure ain't gonna have no three roommates. I can guarantee you that, buddy. And you're not be you're not. I can guarantee you that. And you're not getting your Jimmy Johns with that money. You're probably going. Yeah, it's still good. That. That's, that's a good. That's I'm not. We're not tooting their horn on this show because we don't you know get any free. But that's a good sandwich. Okay. Got hits in it too. It's all that matters. It's about the hits. All season long, we've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets on Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. And we're not going to do it today because I don't feel like it. So we'll get Jeff. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Guardians down at the Rogers Center on August 12th. (laughs) I mean, can we at least try to come up with difficult questions? Anyhow, yesterday we asked you who was the Tigers World Series MVP in their victory over the Padres in 1984. It took us about 14 seconds to come up with Alan Trammell. Today's question, and again, text the answer to 590-590 for your chance to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. This Cleveland player holds the team record for most steals in a season. I got a good guess. Yeah, I got that one right away. Although there are there are a couple of okay, I may have undersold this. There yeah, there there are a couple of a couple of ways you can yeah. go with this. But there, one of the main reasons is is uh, well, I can't say it out no. loud because then people would know. Then people would know it, and we trust all, that none of you are going to run to Chief, baseball reference and find out what it is. Uh, let me ask a question again. This Cleveland player holds a team record for most steals in a season. We should make them say how many steals it is too. No, because that then that then is, you'd have to look it up. Then you'd have to look it up, and that's that's no, really no. We're trying fun. to give the tickets away. We want people to go to the game. Have no, fun. Guardians, August twelfth. Guardians are a fun team. 
Fun strong. The Guardians are fun. fun strong. Not Guardians. Fun I like strong. the way the Guardians play. You, you know what? Yeah, yeah. So you're so you're just a normal fan, and you see them on, and you got another team uh, that you're going to. You'd stop and I, I, watch there, them. There might be a raise thing happening. I did see Plesak yesterday <laughs> when I was watching the game. A little rain delay yeah. in Boston, and he didn't want the the rain delay to happen. Yeah. So he's walking off the field, takes the baseball, and chucks it out of the stadium over the the third base dugout. Yeah. Out of the stadium. Yeah, you got uh, a little. Uh, that was that was a bizarre. That was a bizarre. bizarre? That's the word you're going with. Word, uh, <laughs> like rain. That that was oh, a wow. strange decision. That was I a mean, strange. The decision. The Red Sox are winning. It's not like uh, okay. Did you hear the fans counting? James Karinchek, their uh, reliever. The fans were counting how long it was taking him to throw the. He was some chap. They were counting how long it was taking him to throw the ball. I, I wanted to say to them, you know what? Take a look at your Sawamura guy. I mean, I people. That can't that, come fast enough. That dude. Is, I was on the fence. I ain't is, on the fence no more. No, I'm with he you. Didn't throw it. Let's I, go. I'm with you. Vamos. I'm 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 with you. I you know was worried about the impact and arm injuries. Nah. Now I. It's at the point now where I notice when dudes are taking a long time. I notice it now, and it bothers me. It bothers me. It bothers you that there's because there's no reason for it. It's, it's you're trying like a lot. You know, a lot of times you watch people pitch against Flatty, and they hold the baseball. You want to know why? Which is smart. Like they get on the rubber, which it's not, they're not, it's right. would have nothing to do with that. Right. But I, too, I watch that because I, I watch Vladdy. Why Vladdy goes too early, stands like a statue and waits on the pitcher to deliver the baseball. So what does a catcher do? He gives the sign and he'll tell the catcher to shake off, to waste time, to make Vladdy stand there. Yeah. No, listen, there is a, there's a, there's a, there's a strategic element to to varying your speed to the plate now, which I that that's always going to be mm-hmm. part of the game. But don't be taking forty eight seconds to 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 throw a ball with I'm nobody with on base. Let's go. Anyhow, uh, Jays and Cardinals tonight, seven oh seven. First pitch, Jose Barrios, Andre Palante, Adam Wainwright against Kevin Gossman. We have not mentioned Yusei Kikuchi today. I guess we'll find out from uh, John Schneider what the plans are for Yusei Kikuchi. I would guess he gets one of the starts against the Tigers this weekend or this week, wouldn't you think? Oh, I mean, wasn't that? He was named Bison's player of the what? <laughs> For what? What Bison's? What the University of Manitoba Bison's? Who? Da, da, da. He was named according to Mark Boffo. We need a breaking news thing. You say Kikuchi's been named uh, player of the week by the but he only pitched one game, didn't he? Well, how, how the hell do you get player of the week pitching he one did. game? He needs confidence. What did he do? Give me his line. Three and a third. Five innings pitched, four Ks. That'll do it. That's enough to get you player. <laughs> Barker, you talked wait, wait, about. Wait, wait, just for the Bisons or for the IL? International League. No, it's got to be for the Bisons. They, for they, the Bisons. they actually there give you. that out? I don't know. You probably get a, like a dollar. You get a trophy for that? No, you probably get, you a, get a gift card. To, probably to, get a gift card to yeah, Jimmy Jones yeah, or something like that. Or... <laughs> is, that is that real? Yeah, You're making that up. Apparently, he induced two double plays. The reason I mention this, they Ooh. brought it up in the telecast. They brought it up in the telecast, right? They brought it up in the telecast that he, they was pitching a triple A. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And that uh, <laughs> they suggested that maybe, uh, we'll find out from John Schneider today and his media uh, availability, that maybe there may be plans to bring uh, Kikuchi up. And, and, and I would assume the organization's hoping that he can turn the corner. It is a. Can he turn the corner a, to Double A? Can he turn the corner to New Hampshire? Take a left. <laughs> go south. Well, he just won the 
Uh, player of the week. Pardon me, Bison's player of the week. There you go. How can you top that? Can't top that. You have to get called up now. Now they get free free buffalo wings at the anchor bar. I would certainly think you get something for free. That would be good. Five innings would do it. That would be good. Four strikeouts. I mean, if I have my way, they give them a chance to win the Bison's player of the month. Or year. Or year. (laughs) If I have my way. He's so good. Let's see him do it again. Let's see him do it. Five more starts. Five more starts just to make sure that he's. That's not funny. You hope he's good. I do. You do. I do. I'm just scared about the fact that he may not be good. That's all I'm scared about. And they can't afford because it destroys their bullpen. Destroys it. So you better make sure. Detroit probably a bit, uh, would be a good team to throw him against. Oh, by the way, would did, did you know what happened yesterday after Ryan Dempster was on with us? I'm sure you're going to tell us. His wife gave birth. You're the taking you're, you're taking full credit for it. I that. am not taking full credit for it at all, but I'm just saying congratulations to, uh, to Ryan and his wife on uh, the birth of their He didn't sound like child. he was nervous when no. he was talking to us. I got to tell you. I, I was a nervous wreck. It was a baby boy. Okay, thanks for telling me it was a girl before. Nice job, Poffo. <laughs> He's, look at him, he's shaking his head. He just threw your, well, because you, you're naming him. You're saying his name out loud. Well, I've said it a couple of times. I know, like, I on credit purpose. It, I cre- you do that on purpose because he can't take up for himself. You notice when you do that to me, I take up for myself. Yeah. I credited him with telling us that Yusei Kikuchi is Bison's player of the year. So I, 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 credited, I credited him with now, that, that as well. If that's not funny. Uh, anyhow, congratulations to, to, uh, that was to a Ryan, heck of a birthday gift for me to hear that. You say Kikuchi was player of the week. It weakened. Stay hot. That's tremendous. I'll tell you what, I that, that, that shows you how much standards have slipped. How many, uh, how many players, five, five innings, okay, five how, many, innings. how many players of the week did you win in your minor league career? And what was the, because I've never, minor, I've never won an organizational player of the week. I've never even heard of that. Okay. That's a new one. Have you that been must in, be in some, that must be something, you know, they got together and said, let's, you know, he's, he's a little down. We need to get his confidence. <laughs> let's just let's give him an award. I mean, it's I don't a, even know how to a, have a conversation about that. It's a made-up award. It's a participation I, award. I hope Boffo's not pulling our chain on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Which he could be. What was the what was what was the best thing you won like in your minor league career for you must have won International League Leagues. Player of the Week or something Going like that. Going to the Big Leagues. Oh, yeah, I've won that a couple well, no, of times. Well, what did you get? Did you get a you meal? Get did you get a car? Did you get, like, free snow tires or something? Just I'm just wondering, what what gift did you get? Yeah, I got get? snow tires in the summertime. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's exactly what I got. That's- no, I wonder, you must have won. You played so long yeah, in the minors. You must you. you must Thanks, have Jeff. won an award. No, you must have gotten. I needed to have Player of the Week to yep. get my morale up. Did I you- played so long in the minor leagues. So you never won anything like a free chicken dinner or anything no, like that? I, I mean, I, I do think it was a gift card because I haven't won that before. But yeah, I, I, it was a gift card somewhere. Did you use it? I probably gave it away. Okay. Call me up. That would be, that would have been my – because it's usually the manager that would come in and, and you know, I got a meeting. Oh, everybody listen up. And then they would say that and everybody would boo and throw things at you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because yeah, nobody wanted to hear it. Let, let's bring in. Let's bring in Jeff Passan. Let's bring in Jeff Passan. Uh, who never uh, gets booed? Of ESPN, he never gets booed. We're just we're celebrating the fact that you say Kikuchi was named Buffalo <laughs> Bison's real. Buffalo Bison's <laughs> Player of the Week for five innings. How about it? Shutout pitching. Two double plays. And we're convinced Passan that they just made it up to make him feel good that it was a participation medal. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on. That's give tough. him his player of the week award. He gets a free car wash, right? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, uh, actually, you know what? So this was so this was the summer that I was interning at the New York Star Ledger. So it would have been summer of two thousand one. And my beat that year, like that summer, I covered a bunch of minor league ball. You know, there was Atlantic League teams, and a Phillies affiliate was there. I, I was covering like eight or nine teams. And one day, um, there's a promotion at a minor league game where if you have the dirtiest car in the parking lot, you win a free car wash. Guess who had the dirtiest car in the parking no lot? No way. There you go. That's oh, pretty yeah. good. Way to go. And you got a free car wash. Oh, yeah. I did. I was proud of it. That's that, uh, you know, it's a it's a point, it's a huge point of pride here. Well, that's a uh, listen. A free car wash is nothing, not, nothing to sniff at. I mean, it really isn't. No. In summer. You... No, and the thing is, and the thing is, it, with the license, like when they announce it with the license plate, nobody knows what license plate you have. Yes. Like there's nothing identifiable there, so there's no embarrassment. It's it's pure win. Uh, it is. That's very good. Yeah. That I. You know I. I mean, I just you never turned down free stuff. I had a I had a, a a sports editor at the Montreal Gazette. I'm gonna Pat Hickey, who lovely man. Pat would, Pat had. Let's just say that his, his definition of graft was a little fungible at times. Um, but his, his rule, because we had strict rules at the Montreal Gazette about what you could accept or couldn't accept, was that if you can carry it, it's okay. If you okay. can drive it, you shouldn't accept the gift. But if you can carry it, it's okay. So whatever gift you'd get as a newspaper reporter from, I don't know, some brewery or whatever, if you could carry it, it was fine. It was not, you didn't have to report it. Mm. Anyhow, that was back when newspapers had, had clearly defined rules of, uh, of conduct for their reporters. I thought you were going to say back when newspapers existed. Oh, no. We don't make newspaper jokes here. I still have too many friends working in newspapers, and so do you, Pat. And you shouldn't be joking about it's, newspapers. It's, depre it's depressing. That's all. I'm just saying it's depressing. It is. Newspapers are are vital. Uh, Juan Soto, where does he end up? Yeah. Easy question. <laughs> um, I I don't mean to be wishy-washy about this, but that has become my standard positioning over the last few days mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, sometimes I'll sit here and think, okay, he's, he's moving. He's got to move. He's got to move for reasons X, Y, and Z. And then I'll talk to someone and they're like, he's not moving anywhere. They're just on a recon. The nationals are on a recon mission at this point. They're trying to figure out, uh, you know, who teams might be willing to give up. They're going to, go and scout those players and have extra analysts on them uh, for the last two months of the minor league season. And they're going to get the same package this off season that they would have on August 2nd. And then somebody else says to me, yeah, yeah, that's all well and good, but the nationals are being sold. And uh, if you're buying the team, do you want to be the owner, the new owner, the new face of the franchise? whose first move is to ship away a future Hall of Famer, not just a future Hall of Famer, but a future Hall of Famer who your organization signed and developed and yeah. won a World Series with. Is that how you want to start your tenure as owner and steward of this team? And honestly, Jeff, like they're, they're both compelling arguments. Yeah. So 
I, I think what it's going to come down to, the, the ask from Mike Rizzo, the Nationals general manager, is, is obscene at this point. And you know what? It should be. Like, if you're going out and trading for a guy like Juan Soto, you should be expected to pay exorbitant prices and maybe the largest package of talent we've ever seen in a baseball trade before. But if that's the ask and nobody is saying yes, Mike Rizzo has a choice. And I wrote this in my column at ESPN.com today. You can check it out there now. I have retweeted Uh, it. I appreciate that. Um, Mike Mike Rizzo right now is asking for about 125%, a buck 25 on the dollar. I think if he lowers his ask to 90 cents on the dollar or even an even dollar itself, a trade gets done before Tuesday. If the ask remains the same, I don't think it does. Um, yeah, I, I've... I mean, we've talked about it in this show. Part of me, I, I mean, you just encapsulated it. Part of me thinks that there's no way you trade this guy. Uh, you know, give us give us all your – come and buy season's tickets, and here's your reward. We're trading the best player the franchise has ever had, but trust us. Yeah. But on the other yeah. hand, you know, man, it, it's – you know, with the expanded playoffs now, it may not, not take as long to kind of reposition yourself as a contending team sure. as, as it has in the past. And I, and I keep thinking about that. I keep thinking about that as you might be able to do a bit of a rapid, rapid rebuild here, but yeah, it's yeah. just, it's hard to, it's hard to wrap your, your, I mean, I can remember Here's, the Herschel Walker trade in the end. If I remember all those, yep. those deals that were made and it's still hard to wrap your head around what was given up for those guys, for, for a player. I, like I, that. I, I think, I think this is an important point that sometimes gets lost in talks like this when people ask why is the farm system so important there there are two different reasons the first reason is the most obvious one because it's going to feed your team with young players young players are uh cost effective especially anyone who hasn't played six years of major league baseball is playing for a depressed price uh, compared to the market So that's reason number one. But reason number two, and I think it's what's rearing its ugly head here for the Washington Nationals, if the Nationals' farm system right now, Jeff, is not bereft, if the Nationals' farm system is not among the bottom five in baseball, I'm not sure that they're all that compelled to make this deal. I think Mm -hmm. they say that you know we have some guys who are coming who are near big league ready who are – going to contribute alongside him and we need to supplement that with some free agent signings like we've done in years past to to win ball games uh, right now uh, the nationals really don't have any hope in the near term and the best case scenario is that uh, you know they hit on a couple of you know one year free agents and maybe can make a run at a wild card but sustained success mm. is not going to come for a while and having Juan Soto around and frankly, wasting prime years of him. Uh, it's it's what the Angels have done with Mike Trout. And we look at Mike right. Trout and we lament his situation. We, we bemoan that this incredible player, a true all-time great, is now more than a decade into his career and hasn't won a damn playoff game. And the idea of Juan Soto's ages 23, 24, 25 seasons potentially being in, in that same sort of uh, – 
just surrounded by losing. It, it's it's grim to think of. I, I think on the outside looking in, if you're Washington, I don't think you have a choice. I think you have to trade him. You, you, even look, at, you're in fifth place. Do you have look, to do look, it now, though, Kevin? Well, yeah, do you I would think so. Look at Miami, the, the team in front of you. You're in fifth place. you got 33 wins. Miami's got 45 wins. Their pitching seems to be a lot better than yours. It's going to be a while before you're even better than Miami. Why? Why wouldn't you trade him? That that would be the thing that I would have to ask if you're if you're the Nats. I mean, I know they're getting new ownership, but why wouldn't new mm-hmm. ownership not want to have that cloud hanging over? Sort I, of clean slate, start over kind so, of thing. So, so I can I, listen. I can argue both sides, and and I think the argument uh, in opposition to to what you're uh, saying here is pretty simple because Juan Soto is a generationally great player, and you don't trade those guys. It's just, a, it's just a, as a matter of course, you do not trade players of Juan Soto's caliber because he's that damn good and because you have him for another two and a half years. Okay, the, the, the question I would have after you, because that's a, that's a fair argument, I would have to ask, do you think new ownership would give him, <clears throat> say, I don't know what, the 12 for 5, 15? You think they'd do that? Because it will start with a 5. I agree that it will start with a five, and I'll say this. If new ownership has any intentions of giving him a deal that starts with five, he will not be traded. Yep. Because because I think I think the minute they get past that threshold, it, it's impossible for him to say no. I mean, it, all right, think about how hard it is to say no to 440. I guess if you say oh. no to 440, hmm. you can say no to 500. Um, but man, if you get to 500, I have a difficult time seeing him turning that down. Well, you better have a super day agent and that's exactly what he has, but <laughs> it's, it's very intriguing. It'll be something to look forward to. It'll give us me and Jeff something, something to talk about. And I'm sure you'll write about it, but I, I do want to ask you, is, is there a name that we don't talk about that maybe Jays fans, a uh, pitcher, because, you know, it's probably pitcher heavy with the Blue Jays. Is there a name that nobody really talks about that would be intriguing for the organization for the Blue Jays to look at? Well, there are a few. I've got, I've got my pitching market uh, story running on ESPN tomorrow, but I can give you guys a little bit of a sneak preview. Here's, here's what we're dealing with in terms of starting pitching especially. The rental market is not that great. Um, I don't know that Martin Perez from Texas is going to move. I think he would be fantastic. But, uh, you know, I think Texas, because of uh, the price on rental players the past few years, I think Texas is, uh, frankly, a little concerned that the guy or guys who they would get back for Perez, it's not going to be worth it. And so that leaves Jose Quintana, who I think is probably moving sometime over the next couple of days uh, and no Syndergaard who's who's a really interesting one right no Syndergaard is a completely different pitcher than the guy he was in New York his his velocity is down significantly he throws a way different slider right now uh, and he's been reasonably effective um, so a, a Noah Syndergaard back to the Blue Jays uh, would would be interesting. But if you're looking for, for the multi-year guys, if you're looking for controllable starting pitching, there, there are a few guys out there, even beyond Luis Castillo and Frankie Montas. Um, Cleveland, you know, Zach Plesak and Aaron Savali can be had at this point. Um, even Houston, surprisingly, with Jose Arquiti especially, but 
Maybe if you're willing to give up the right prospect or prospects, Luis Garcia is in that conversation. Maybe, just maybe, I doubt it, but Christian Javier? Mm. Um, the, the Astros right now have six big league starters. Lance McCullers is on a rehab assignment. He makes seven Hunter Brown at triple A could very, uh, triple A could very easily be in the big leagues right now. That's eight. So I think Houston is the, the way that that organization runs itself is very smart. And they look at the, you know, the options out there right now and say, Hey, we have, a surfeit of starting pitching, and that is maybe, especially controllable starting pitching, that is maybe the most desirable thing out there. Um, so why wouldn't we consider doing this? When the Jays acquired uh, Jose Barrios last year, they gave up Simeon Wood Richardson and Austin Martin. Yeah. For have you least... seen what Austin Mar- Have you seen what Austin Martin's been doing this year? By the way, yeah, it's, he's he's actually been doing exactly what Barker predicted he'd been doing. <laughs> I mean, I've got to be honest. He Barker's not been an Austin Martin fan. It's it was it was interesting. I I got a text from somebody yesterday and said uh, I he said I would not have predicted that Luis Arise would have more in game power than Austin Martin. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's Kevin. Had been I mean, one about one home one home run this year. Woods Richardson's been good, and I think he's I think he's going to be decent. But he's not a front. He just doesn't have front of the rotation stuff. No, well, you know, he's, I, he's a middle to back end guy. What I was getting at would the the market for Luis Castillo be similar to that, or he now he has a year, or or would it be more? He has a year extra controllability than Barrios did. Maybe. Well, no, no, Barrios. I don't think Barrios was going to be a free agent last year. I think Barrios was You're supposed right. to be a free agent. Yeah, it's, okay. it's the exact same situation. Year and a half of uh, of control left. I I think the the return is pretty similar. the The baseline that the Reds and the A's are looking at is uh, what Barrios got last year and what Marcus Stroman got in 2019, and that was Anthony K and Simeon Woods Richardson. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Passon, uh, before we let you run, I did want to ask you about the international draft, and I understand it, we, we could take an hour to talk about it, but um, the, the, I think a lot of people will focus on, uh, on on sort of the impact of it in terms of the qualifying offer. Like you, I, you, I don't think anybody's surprised that. Can this... I can I can I focus can I focus on something else? Sure, just sure. For, just for a little bit here. First of um, all, nobody's surprised. You're not surprised it didn't that there was no agreement. No, 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 no. No, I'm not surprised. The, 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 the two sides, like the, they were just so far apart. Um, here's here's the the part about it that bothers me. I heard from probably a dozen people with deep ties to Latin America yesterday, saying uh, this system is so incredibly corrupt. It has only gotten worse. Um, there are kids who are signing at. 12 years old or coming to agreements at 12 years old. And some of them end up getting the money, but some of them, the deals get taken away and they're left out there hanging because, you know, other teams have committed all of their future bonus money to other kids. Um, You've got loan sharks who are coming in and taking advantage of families with usurious loans. You've got drug use performance enhancing drug use in preteens. You've got this system that is just blatantly corrupt from top 
to bottom, and they couldn't come to an agreement to try and fix it. But but wasn't there some pushback from? And again, I I, I would be lying if I said that I've I've followed this every through every little detail and every little twist and turn. But my understanding is there had that that not every latino player is necessary was necessarily on board with this to that's, begin no, with no that's that, no it's 100% true but the the way the way somebody who's done business down there for about 15 years and and has ties both in in the big league side of the game and down in latin america he said sorry but the the players in the big leagues right now don't know okay the players in the big leagues haven't been down there it's been five years at least since they've been down there and been in the system, but more like 10, 15 years for some guys. Mm. They're, even the players from the Dominican Republic, they're ignorant as to what's actually going on there right now because things have changed. Remember in the 2016 basic agreement, Jeff, uh, the, the, hard, the hard-capped pools were put in place. Right. And what that did was that incentivized teams knowing how much money they had years in advance to go earlier and earlier getting deals with kids. I mean, uh, you know, we're talking about deals getting struck at 12 years old and 13 years old regularly. Hmm. And, and you can, you can make the argument that, well, it's done in soccer too, right? Like kids go to academies at Barcelona at eight, nine years old. Well, yeah, those deals are locked in. Those deals are mm-hmm. signed on paper. Those deals, uh, they're actual deals. These are handshake agreements. And, it, you know, uh, if if Major League Baseball teams abided by these and potentially were forced, whether it's by putting money in an escrow account or something along those lines, if forced to stand by them, then, yeah, maybe it's a, a little different. And, and maybe if they're forced to stand by them, they don't do them because trying to project at 12 years old without uh, some sort of an out clause, what you're going to get from a kid, it's damn near impossible. But more and more teams in recent years have been saying, sorry, you haven't been working hard enough or you look different or you haven't grown like we thought you were going to. And they essentially yank the money the same way scholarships can get yanked. And these kids who who, many of whom are already destitute are, are left in this unenviable position where frankly they've got no recourse and that's an unfair system and it's just one of the things about this system that's wrong mr passon really good of you to join us thank you for enlightening us on that great appreciate it thank you pleasure is mine boys take care take care that's jeff passon of uh espn i've tweeted out a link to his column uh which deals with the position player market tomorrow he will uh touch on the pitching market and that's and i want to thank jeff for talking about the international draft it is it is a kevin we we talked about it It, Mm -hmm. it's a type of thing that kind of makes your 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 brain explode it does but you've got it when you drill down to it the essence of it is as jeff said the essence of it is it's it's very much like it's very much like the wild west and you know there are there the the system in the Dominican Republic in Venezuela, as corrupt as it is, is so ingrained that there are a lot of people with their with their hands in it, and there are a lot of people mm-hmm. in, in, in well-heeled people 
a lot of government people that are involved in this as well. Like the idea that there's this groundswell of support in these countries to change it is not, it's not always, it's not always accurate. It's not it's an not easy always fix. Accurate. I mean, just lets you remove the kid from it somehow to allow him and his family to thrive in some way or shape or form w with deciding on the amount of money that, that they really want to make. That, yeah. and, that's and, the real thing. And, How do you do that? And that's the Players the Association has been trying to get rid of the qualifying offer to free agents since, Jesus, since sure. 1981 at least, I think. And, it, I mean, at different times it's become attached to different things. It's almost like a bill in Congress. The two sides sit down to decide something, and one of the sides says, look, let's attach the qualifying offer to these negotiations, and it just doesn't go anywhere. No. It doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. the, the, the Players Association has been they trying to get work. rid of it for years. So anyhow, it, it is, uh, yeah, it's a shame, and, and I, would, I would strongly suggest uh, you know, do some reading on, if, if you're interested in it, do, do a deeper dive on what actually goes on in places like the Dominican Republic and Venezuela. Puerto Rico is different because it's under... Uh, the same sort of draft process that Canada's under, but do some reading on the stuff that goes on down there. Mm -hmm. uh, some of it will quite, quite frankly, break your heart. Some of it will leave you just really, really, uh, really pissed off. Barker's back leg bits. DMs are open. We've got some intriguing questions for Kevin Barker. We'll deal with those when we come back. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network, 590-316, wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seven oh seven will be the first pitch tonight on Sportsnet Five Ninety. The Fan. Sportsnet TV. Buck Martinez going to be back in the booth tonight. Looking awesome. forward to seeing Buck down at the ballpark. Uh, down at the ballpark this afternoon before the game. Andre Palante for the St. Louis Cardinals. Jose Barrios for the Toronto Blue Jays. The trade deadline is a week from today. Uh-oh. Pressure. So that means every TV crew will have a camera pointed in the dugout for that shot where the dude walks down the dugout and hugs his teammates and everybody gets excited. Um, I always wish I was that guy when I played. Got traded? No, I got traded, but nobody had a camera on me because nobody oh. cared. It's in minor league camp. No camera down there, Jeff. By the way, I've been told by a fairly reliable source that, that uh, you, in fact, have won organizational awards. You, in fact, were the Webster Award winner as the Toronto Blue Jays mm. Minor League Player of the Year. Yeah, it's not weekly. That's what's the funny part. I've it's never the, heard of the weekly you, thing in an organization. Okay, but the but the point is, <laughs> that's a new. You weren't. You didn't even realize that the Jays. No, no, I realized, but, but you most just, of the time, I don't enjoy talking about myself. Okay, I did a few things in the minor leagues, but the, you can't make any money playing in the minor leagues. So. You sell yourself short. You, you, those numbers are... They're just numbers, Jeff. Hmm. Anyhow. If I had those numbers, the big leagues now, <clears throat> they'd be talking Hall of Fame, OPS, slugging, war plus. <laughs> I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you, if, 
let's say guarantee is a big word. No, let's say 27, 28 year old Kevin Barker were playing right now. That with the age of analytics and everything, I guarantee. Who's you, my manager? manager but well, no, I, no 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 no, pick no a manager. i guarantee you somebody would look at something and go you know this guy can does this particularly well hard contact boom i think i think you just dropped case. hard contact on me didn't you i did huh you strike me as a tubby i would have made hard contact <laughs> i don't know about your launch angle <laughs> uh or your I, I had one plan jeff back, back lake city. city i know that speaking of which it's time for Barker's Back Leg Bits. Mr. Gann, thank you very much for joining us. Be honest. Don't remember Kevin Barker Absolutely as a player, not. do That's you? It's like 50 years ago we played. Good morning, guys. No, I drink too much. <laughs> <laughs> you see, people are going to think that we set that up with the whole Barker's Back Leg Bits thing but we and, and Back Leg City. But in point of fact, we didn't. That just kind of happened organically. Sometimes the best stuff happens organically, mm. right? And Boy, you nailed it. It just kind of oozes out because sometimes the best laid plans of mice and men you know but the organic stuff don't just ruin it move gross. on all right uh barker's back leg bits it's that part of the show where you send questions to kevin barker i translate and barker answers them uh dms are always open um <laughs> okay uh, david wedge Don't think you ever had Barker answer this. Guess buying your book didn't buy as much goodwill as I'd hoped for, so I'll try again. Well, you Ooh. bought your book? Yeah. Oh, you have a book? I do. Um, David, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I... I uh... <clears throat> oh, Jesus. David's trying to even... bribe you. Well, no, this is even worse. He's got a picture of himself buying the book. He asked a question. I'm sorry I didn't get around to it. I guess I just misplaced it. Hmm. He says, as I try with limited success to visualize Kevin's description of triggers, what was John Olrood's trigger at the plate? Can you remember uh, John Olrood's trigger at the plate? Because uh, he had that great left-handed. He did. What is generally when a guy has when a Tr guy has a sweet left-handed swing? What is generally the trigger a, a, for a, a sweet left-handed? A left trigger is something to get something started back, so you can get maximum force with the baseball when your front foot hits the ground. You want separation, and it's easier to get it to keep a balanced lower half if you get a little something going back. Doesn't have to be a big movement, but it's got to be some kind of movement. Could be anything. Could be rolling your hands. Could it be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Could be Bo Bichette. He kicks it to his ear. That's his little movement to get it so he can walk away from his hands. And some guys, Matt as you pointed out, don't it. have a trigger. Hey, Matt Chapman right. does it in a very, I don't want to say, it's very methodical. It's very, uh, don't overthink it trigger, which he doesn't have one. Like, it's basically, I want to get a little hand movement, and I'm just trying to walk away. But that's why you see the front hip a lot of the times is leading. And when it leads, it gets your hands too far away from your body. And then what do you do, Jeff? You play catch up. And when you play catch up, the barrel tends to dip below your belt. And that's why you start to hit fly balls in the air to second, to short, to short right field. So, a trigger could be anything. I mean, I'd have to go up back and look at John right. on what his trigger was. 
because it could be anything. It's like Lord Escurriel Jr. has the knee turn where he's just trying to get it a little back because he wants to tell his front shoulder without actually telling it to keep it in because that keeps his hands close to his body because he has very long limbs. And that's just sort of his trigger that allows him to be able to stay compact and, you know, short to it and long through it is all has been a term and it'll always be a term. And that's what they try to do. Gary Cook. It's a good and, question. Though. Yeah, it, it is a good question. It is. So is Gary Cook's question because we talked about, <clears throat> pardon me, Gary, we talked about Albert Pujols and, and what we think young Albert Pujols would be like now. This is an interesting question. What do you think Tony Gwynn would be like in the current baseball hitting world? That's an easy one for me. Yeah, he's a line drive hitter. He's a, I, he's not a, I don't want to say slap hitter, but he is trying to put big part of barrel to baseball. He wants to hit the middle part of the baseball. He's a tiny, tiny bat hit. too, by the way. He did, yeah. He doesn't want to. It's like a 33-32 or 33-31. I'd have to go back and make sure of that. But it's a smaller bat because he wants to let the ball travel. He's a guy that thinks hit the ball out of the catcher's mitt. That's how because he wants to see the ball longer. He's not trying to back leg city everything. So for me, it would look no different. He'd, just he'd, be, a... he'd be straightening up defenses <clears throat> because he'd hit the ball all over the place. You know, he can hit it where it's pitched, but it's that level – simple, compact, short and quick swing that, you know, normally works no matter what area you play in. Matty J. Guys love the show. Listen every day. Thank you, Matty. Oh, that's nice. Is there any chance the Jays consider Kikuchi as a one or two batter reliever? By that, I mean 11 million. Might as well give him a shot to get one or two guys out, maybe in a blowout at first. See if they can find another Brett Cecil. Tell him, throw as hard as you can for two batters. That's all we ask. Well, you gotta and reevaluate three, after you a few appearances. you got to face three batters, so that's not going to work unless he's the last out of, a, right. last out of an inning. I, I, until you say comes up and show you he can throw a fastball for a strike consistently, how do you use him? Like, you're trying to win. It's not development years. Like, you develop. Oh, you can't develop you, a 30-year-old you re, you dude re, Yeah, sure you can. You, I mean, you re, reinvent certain guys. In the offseason. Yeah. You don't try and do that in the championship season, which is unfair to the pitching coach. It it truly is unfair to him to think that, okay, nobody else can fix that. Bring him over here because Pete Walker can fix him. It's not fair. Like, it's just he's going to fix and, and tweak because he knows how to, to speak the language better than most human beings that do his job. But a lot of the times it's up to the player. And that move and that fix that he needs, I mean, you're giving him awards. For a week. I so it's I don't know. I, I when would you what yeah, inning would you use him in? What, what what would the score be? Like there's like there, you just can't be messing around because again, he not only affects the outcome of the game, he affects people that follow him. That's the issue here. And I just I, I was on I was on the fence, I don't know, when he was here and a couple of starts ago, and you were off the fence, boy. You were running in the opposite direction, <laughs> the opposite direction. And now I'm no longer. I'm right beside you. Like it's about winning now. So that's why I said I I I just you know, again, him doing the five innings, four punches, two ground ball, double plays in the minor leagues, okay, can he do that when the lights get no brighter than it does at the big league level against a good team, against the big part of the order? I, we haven't seen it. Patrick Rutledge says, I enjoyed reading the Boston media's take on this weekend. Yeah, boy, they, uh, well, actually, they, the were, Bos- tough. they were tough. Oh, but they, they were honest. They, well, they also had a lot of help because Alex Cora basically 
you didn't that was one of those things you turn the tape recorder on the manager hammers the team rightfully so and then you just rewrite what the manager said and you hammer really the say. team is tough uh, that's strong for me he told the truth there's a big difference he hammered them it's a big difference well it wasn't individual it was as a team as a group Every part of our game right now is not working in the, all the same direction. Now, he knows how to spin it and without lambasting individual players. Patrick Rutledge wants to know, what was the worst media experience you had aside from working with me, of course? I mean, how did I know you were going to ask me that question? Uh, I don't remember who this was that asked me these questions about uh, – I, I do remember when I was in Chicago playing the Cubs one time, and I, I guess it was my fault. <laughs> It was my fault that a little pop-up because of where the sun sets at first base in Chicago, anybody being Wrigley Field, mm -hmm. the sun on the left side or the right side of the infield is atrocious. It's like you got to be real good. And I, I, I wasn't a guy who could wear sunglasses. Depth perception was not a big thing for me. Ground balls, I had a real tough time catching them. So I had to use the flip downs. Well, it's a little lazy humpback pop-up to me with a guy on second or third late in the game. And I probably should have caught it. And I, you could see me trying to pop the thing down on my face. And I can remember a, a reporter that thought he's just a cool thing since sliced bread walked up and asked me, why didn't you flip your shades down? And I just, and I had one of those, like, really moments. Like, you didn't see me over there punching my own self in the face, trying to get my shades down. and they were, So that was probably the worst feeling that I ever had because then I started to know it was sort of starting to go south and, you know, it's it's the media thing is. But you had a you also had kind of a unique story because you were as as you've mentioned. I know you don't like talking about yourself, but you know you were the guy. You were the Brewers' top prospect, and when things things go south, a lot of times the top prospect's the easiest guy to look at and go, yeah, yeah. You had a new, you had a new manager. You know, it's it's they're not going to point the finger at themselves. They're going to be pointing fingers at players, which they probably should. It's the player out there playing. You know, mm -hmm. I, I take full credit for my career one way or the other. Right. It's just a, yeah, I, I guess that's the, that was the hardest conversation I ever had because whenever I was asked tough questions at my early level, I'd laugh. Are <laughs> kidding me, dude? Me and you are in the same place. Like, so I, those conversations were real short and quick to the point. Like if somebody had a, a smart thing to say to me that I didn't really have a, a, Inkland to answer, might just be like, yeah, I got to go to batting practice. How many interviews did one. you do in your brief time in well, the majors? You would have done enough. Yeah. Enough. I was decent enough at it. I mean, it's a, you got to, you got to know how to, you got to know how to say it without saying it. And I was young and didn't really know how to do that. Now I would definitely know how now. Because I would think, <laughs> would I would have come and shoved the microphone. I'd, I'd really, I'd know how. I would, first of all, I, <laughs> first of all, I wouldn't use a microphone. Oh, you'd use one of those little no. tape recorders? No, I would come up to you and I would have a notebook with a pen and we'd talk and I wouldn't be taking stuff down. You said unless, because huh. that's part of the problem now is your first conversation with a ball player should never be with a notebook or a but tape I will recorder. say it is your first it, conversation should be shooting the it is the, the you know what. it is the player's job to answer the question but you can't be surprised if you ask a question that don't make a ton of sense the answer that you get back no. like you gotta you gotta you gotta understand it's give and take and if your question is the obvious thing of did you hear the booze how can I not hear that? Like it's like that's yeah. I we're think talking that's about the the the, uh, the the Nick Castellanos. Nick 
Castellanos and Jim Salisbury and Phil. Do we have it? Let's play the clip. Let's let's play the clip if we have it. This is uh, sorry, Daniel. I didn't mean to drop this on you. Um, uh, Nick Castellanos of the Phillies and Jim Salisbury, who I'll tell you how old Salisbury is. He started covering the Phillies around the same time I started covering the Expos. So well, just an, listen to his an answer. You'll know how. Old okay, he is. here we go. Did you uh, hear the blues there when you struck out and playing the game there? No, man, I lost my hearing. <laughs> so you didn't hear it? Come on, man, that's a stupid question. Why is that a stupid question? Can anybody else answer that for him? Anybody? Yeah, man, that's a stupid question. It's not a stupid question. If it's a stupid question, you should be equipped to answer all right, it. All right, I did answer it. All right, all right. The answer we got, got the answer. We got the answer. We got the answer. That doesn't mean that I can't say that it's a stupid question. It wasn't a stupid question. It's a legit question. Got, if I heard the booze, is, 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 that's a rhetorical question. Of course it's a stupid question. Did you hear the booze? That's a stupid question. We got the answer. We're good. Thanks, guys. We're then close. you should be able to handle a stupid question. I did. Uh, Anyhow, okay, just, this is the player coming out of me. You, yeah. So you're you're telling me that that reporter's coming in that room, knowing he's going to ask that question, knowing probably what the answer was going to be. That's not the reason why he asked the question. Uh, there's a couple of things. Explain a lot, that to a, me. A lot of times it'd be performative. If you're doing a TV interview, you want to get a reaction. Um, in, in that case. Guy signs a big deal, is not living up to it in the first year. You, I think knew, what you knew what the answer was going to be. You, yeah, but I think you're what, poking at him, is my point. I don't think so. To, oh, come on. You know, I think he even pointed at him. I think what you're saying, I, I, well, I, I'll say this. If I'm a reporter, I love that. I don't really, I don't really want the answer. I want the moment. So I can write about that moment. Like, that is. That particular moment is better than any answer Nick Castellanos is going to give. And even if Nick Castellanos says, yeah, it really disappointed me to hear the fans booing. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you know, unless he says, yeah, it pissed me off so much, I'm going to go in and demand a trade. Then I got me a news story. But that, that's a story. I, I would just think that a that veteran. That story was being talked a, about the next day in Philadelphia. Veteran, and the answer, if he had just given an answer like, I'm assuming yeah, that a veteran reporter me. has heard Nick talk before and knew that if he asked that question, he was going to get a rise out of it. Knew it. Knew. And I mean, Nick, I, and Nick I don't know enough about well, the relationship. Had, had, I don't either. But I would assume that a guy that's oh, been I around think, as long as he has listen, would understand that if you ask it the right way listen, and you I'll, continue I'll, to back it up the way you ask it. I think No, I think both sides played it well. I have no problem with the way Nick, a, Nick answered. I have no problem with the question. It's interesting. That was... That was a good moment. It's a tough market. That's a good moment, man. That's gotta, a moment you gotta understand that, if you're signing there. Doesn't that ex- you got to live up to it? Doesn't that show you the frustration of the moment more than any single answer Nick Castellanos could have given? Both sides played it well. Genius on both sides. Kudos to Jim. Kudos to Nick Castellanos. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> Mr. Barker, and myself, will be doing Blue Jays talk tonight. Immediately following the. Jays Cardinals game. We'll be back tomorrow on Blair and Barker from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the Fan 360, the Sportsnet Radio Network, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Have a great afternoon.